0: Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth.
1: I'm Andy Bates. I
0: almost didn't turn your mic on. <laughs> <laughs> the buttons Happy are Ring on
1: Wednesday. The
0: buttons are on different sides of the board. This is weird.
1: It's like riding a bike. You get used to it.
0: R- sure. <laughs>
1: Do you like that? It's well, like riding a bike.
0: It, it, yes. I did not ride a bike today, though, because it's like sleeting outside.
1: <laughs> Just ice rain snow it's everything day in the Midwest.
0: It's everything.
1: But we have warm stories to share. This is even true. It is cold outside.
0: This is very true. Well, and and you're in you're in Iowa uh, KFUO West, is that what we call it?
1: This is true. I'm <laughs> in the West Studio today. To uh to, I'm hunkered down prepared for uh, to make sure the programming goes smoothly this afternoon. So, uh well, half of the crew is there keeping things going in the studio this morning. So,
0: yes. Thanks for that. We appreciate
1: it. I'm excited because we're continuing our our ongoing series on making disciples for life today, and I'm looking forward to sharing more about that. We have some stories to share and information to share about some grants we mentioned in the promo this week, if you caught the promo, so Mm -hmm. excited to share that. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
0: Live Uncommon.
1: Joining us in studio this morning, the Reverend Bob Zagor. He's executive director of the LCMS Office of National Mission. Good morning,
2: Bob. Good morning. You're looking a lot thinner this morning, Andy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just look like a a screen.
0: Magic of radio? What? I don't think that does that.
1: It is. It, it's amazing how you know it, they say the camera like adds ten pounds, but what does radio drop like ten well, pounds? Let's I get into that. Would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into making disciples for life today. Let's. Let, That's a much better conversation. Idea. Much better topic. <laughs> So we we recently had the the first making disciples for life conference another one on the way in April coming up in Fort Wayne Indiana and uh, uh, just a great emphasis for us this uh, this triennium and uh we learned a lot in that first conference, both those who attended as participants, but also those who came as part of LCMS staff to hear and learn from one another. We learned a lot and heard about what's going on in the congregations the and districts and what their questions are and where they could use support. And today we're going to take a look at grants, Making Disciples for Life grants and support for congregations and districts, specifically in the areas of church planting and uh, multicultural uh, ministries as well. So, Bob, can you share with us an example of how congregations or districts have been working to plant churches?
2: Well, congregations and districts should always be working to plant <laughs> churches because that's, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's what we do, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. But, but there are some areas where we, we need to get a little bit better at what we're doing. It, there's, uh, there are big patches of the country where we don't have much of an lcms presence and there are also there are also a lot of people groups that people groups that we don't reach to and jesus said preach the gospel to all nations and a lot of the people in church look a lot like the same nation we come from (laughs) (laughs) so we 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 want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to hear the gospel that that just as when our immigrant ancestors came here there were people to from whom they heard the gospel preached we want to make sure that when people who have newly arrived in our country who are who are fleeing persecution oftentimes cri- persecution based on the fact that they're christians that they find a welcome home in our churches and that takes some work, that takes some skill, that takes some that takes some effective efforts, and it even takes some money. So the Office of National Mission, as part of the Making Disciples for Life program, is offering districts a ten thousand dollar grant if they if they apply for it to start a, a new multicultural ethnic outreach or a new church plant in an area where we really need an lcms congregation and we're offering congregations a thousand dollar grant if they begin a new multicultural ministry to help get that going and the only the only strings attached to the grant are: first of all they're limited because we don't have unlimited money
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't have a money tree over here
2: no no i think a lot of people (laughs) think that there there are these pots of gold coins down in the basement of, <laughs> of the LCMS international center, but I haven't found them yet. <laughs> as soon as I do, I'll increase the grant. They're ones. behind the fitness center. That's why no one, <laughs> oh, nobody's ever looked there. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, <laughs> I derailed us. Sorry. I've, I've completely lost my train of thought, but I'll pick up just about anywhere in mid, in midstream. Then, um, we have we have the opportunity to start something new to begin something new and to encourage one another and as I as I was saying the only string attached is that they report back to us how it goes what the what the positive things coming out of it were or what the negative things are we're not even asking them to demonstrate that there is success because we can learn a lot from failures we can learn a lot from things that ran into problems that we weren't thinking of and that'll help the church as a whole as she goes forward trying to learn how to reach out to different communities plant churches and so on
0: do you have any any stories of of a congregation who has already been doing this work um, already uh, been been working to plant a church in an area that that needs one
2: Oh, we've got lots of stories of yes. that and thanks be mm-hmm. to god one of the one of the fun ones that, that i just went to visit and we've done a, a bit of media uh, media coverage of is the the guys out in Pittsburgh the <laughs> Pittsburgh area Lutheran ministries guys have been planting churches all over the place we just gave them one of these grants for a new church plant that they're doing the pastor was walking down the street one day and somebody said what are you doing here because he was wearing a clerical collar he mm-hmm. was visiting a, a neighboring community and they said all the churches have moved out, and he said, "They have." He said, "Do you want to go to church?" I said, "I'd love to go to church." He said, "Okay, we'll have church." And they, <laughs> they started into a church plant. They just, they just bought a building for a dollar, mm-hmm. and they're they're starting up. They've got a vicar who's helping to gather up the community, and his lovely deaconess wife. They've done a great job. They just planted. Planted the first church in West Virginia, Pittsburgh, is geog- geographically proximate for those who are in Iowa and don't know the <laughs> It's Pittsburgh. very
0: close. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> actually just... go through West Virginia if you drive there from here. That's right. It's a weird experience.
2: <laughs> but I, I believe if I understand this right, and I might have the facts a little bit wrong, this is the first new church plant by the LCMS in West Virginia mm. in 100 years. Wow. So, I mean, we've got all over the synod. People who are reaching out with the gospel, and we want to not only celebrate that, we want to learn from their successes and learn not to repeat their mistakes. Because honestly, it's easier to learn from somebody else's mistakes than your own.
1: <laughs> Planting churches certainly is important, and and what a great example uh, of that with our friends at. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh area Lutheran ministries, and had the opportunity to talk with them yesterday about mm-hmm. some of the ways that they're reaching their community. What about serving multi multicultural communities? Um, uh, do you have some stories to share with us about that?
2: Well, we have all sorts of stories about reaching multicultural mm-hmm. communities. We have some some here in St. Louis with friends of New Americans, mm-hmm. and and they're doing a wonderful job. I I was just at a dinner where I was where I was able to speak with one of the people who came over who had who back in his homeland had resisted baptism had resisted studying and is now on a on a track to become an ordained lutheran minister hmm. and and all because of being greeted here and welcomed here as he fled persecution in his and a refugee camp in his homeland it's a it's a wonderful story there there are these stories all throughout the country we've got we've got stories of people who have come here looking for help and looking for hope we've got in, out in the baltimore area a big a big community of, of folks who are from Around the area of Ethiopia, they probably wouldn't like it if I called them Ethiopians because they don't identify that way. but mm. a big group of those folks who have come over and their 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 most prominent laymen are going through. Are going through seminary right now so that they can become pastors they're working with our with our district out there to make sure that that happens we've got things going on in in wisconsin we've got things going on in minnesota we've got things going on in kansas city we've got things all over the place because the lord is bringing the nations to us Mm
0: mm-hmm Absolutely, these are such uh, such wonderful stories. Uh, the the great work that is being done um, in our synod, and that these grants are going to help facilitate uh, even more of this work and the good thing is that we have another uh, 12 minutes with you on the other side of our break, Pastor Zagor. So we're going to take a quick break right now um, and we will come back with more stories and more information about uh, the wonderful work being done with Making Disciples for Life. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah
1: Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Sometimes the difference between then and now, between what used to be and what is, comes in a single moment, a defining act. We call that a breakthrough. From living only for oneself to selfless giving of oneself, Dr. Michael Ziegler talks about the breakthrough that leads to new life in Christ this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO.
0: On the next Law & Gospel, which is Bible Study Wednesday, during this Epiphany season, we've had readings on Sunday explaining who the babe in the cradle is. Well, on the next study, we're going to take a look at readings that do not appear on Sundays to help you understand truly who Jesus Christ is. Join us on Law & Gospel.
2: Listen to Law & Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO.
1: Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive word and sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide word and sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org.
0: Welcome back
1: to the Coffee Hour.
0: I'm Sarah Golseth.
1: I'm Andy Bates.
0: And we have uh, Pastor Bob Zagor in studio with us talking about the Making Disciples for Life initiative and uh, the grants that are going along with this initiative for great work doing church planting and uh, multicultural uh, ministries uh, across the nation in our synod. And Bob, before the break we were, uh, well, not we, you were sharing some (laughs) stories uh, about the wonderful work already being done with church planting and multicultural ministries uh, in our synod. Why is this work important uh, in making disciples for life
2: well it's important for a couple of reasons as i said before christ sent us to the nations which means that we aren't just supposed to go to the people who look most like us and since the nations are living across the street from a lot of our congregations right now it's important that we hear what the lord said we've got to be a people in mission a lot of congregations think that their job is just to survive it's not it's to proclaim the gospel to people who will die and go to hell without it so it's a it's the biggest rescue mission in the history of the world and it takes some special skills to reach out to people who don't speak the same language who might have an an entirely different culture and we need to build some of that capacity within our Senate so, how
1: will the Making Disciples for Life grants help districts and congregations do this—do church planting and multicultural ministries? What are some of the ways the grants can help do that?
2: Well, for example, I won't be specific about them because they're not—they're um, not approved yet. But we've got <laughs> some grant applications from from one group that wants to send a, a vicar to people who speak a different language, mm-hmm. and that vicar happens to happens to speak the language. They're an immigrant group. It's—it's it's not Spanish, believe it or not. Uh- <laughs> and and we've got some some help there one of our congregations in lansing is doing great work mm. with some congolese refu- refugees mm. who speak swahili and they happen to have a swahili pastor these folks came over after spending after spending i think it was 27 years in a re- tanzanian refugee camp and they work overnight in a warehouse in a big in a big store and then they come and they do church after working all night loading boxes in a warehouse and so it's just a it's just an amazing an amazing thing to see how all of these folks are are working to try to get the gospel spread how the way that we welcome people isn't simply to to say yes you can borrow my lawnmower if you live next door but yes we're brothers and sisters who will live together in our father's house eternally
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh so you you mentioned a few of the details uh right at the beginning when we started talking about this but uh share with us um, some of the let's get more in depth into these okay. into these grants how how will this work what are what are the grants that are available
2: well the districts get to define the the making disciples for life grants that they get as i as I mentioned, there are ten thousand dollar grants that districts can apply for one thousand dollar grants that congregations can apply for. There are also the domestic the domestic grants that we have, and these are one to twenty thousand dollars and we're we 're right in the midst of the domestic grant cycle as a matter of fact we've we 've still got some capacity to award grants because we don't have them all awarded yet. So people can still go online at LCMS.org and apply for one of these grants as long as it fits with one of our mission priorities. And I think anything that you can genuinely call mission would fit with one of our mission priorities. The only thing that we don't fund is the building of buildings or the paying of salaries because that's that's the kind of thing that if you don't have that kind of support mm-hmm. on the ground, you're you're probably not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned that that some of of the grants are specifically for districts, and districts can uh, uh, provide some direction on that. Mm -hmm. And these are the individual congregation grants as well. Are those handled by the district, or are those coming
2: directly? The individual congregation grants come straight from the congregation to us. They can say, hey, we've got this great new project. We're doing this. It does have to be a new project. We've got this great new project. We're we're doing this. This is a grand idea, but a thousand dollars would really help us to get this started. And I've said yes every time I've been asked so far. <laughs> that's great. That's great. What a, a great way. And and sure, that's encouraging
1: to those who are um, who are passionate about uh, you know, launching a, a specific project to to reach out to their community or to serve their community. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk more about you mentioned domestic grants as well um, tell us a little bit more about these you said they they can range in amount and, uh, and and there are more opportunities there tell us a little bit more about the domestic grants
2: these are awarded every year twice a year we we have a, we have an endowment that we've been given from which we take domestic mission grants and we we give the proceeds of that endowment every year to congregations of synod, and again the only string that's attached to our gift is you have to report back how it went because we want to learn from your experience we want to be able to share that experience with the rest of the synod a domestic grant is one that fits our our synod's mission priorities which are plant sustain revitalize spiritually healthy vibrant lutheran churches support theological education intentionally connect human care to word and sacrament ministry um, uh, collaborate with synod's partners. Sorry, I drew a blank there for a second. <laughs> uh, help nurture professional church workers and promote their spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being, and meet the needs of meet the needs of children and help them grow. Uh, help support Lutheran schools and help support the family in living out God's design. So anything that falls into one or more of those categories is is something that you can apply for a grant for. Except we don't do buildings or or salaries, sure
0: no, you mentioned these are are given out twice a year
2: twice a year do and you- we're in the granting cycle right now, so Ooh. the grants will be the grants will be revealed uh, revealed reviewed right now <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll reveal them
0: <laughs> do you have uh, do you have examples of some uh, previous grants that have been?
2: we've given grants for example for for native american outreach we've mm-hmm. given grants for for outreach congregations wanting to help sponsor the sponsor some charity work in a in a nearby in a nearby area that's been hard hit we often give disaster grants we just about anything that a congregation would want to do that qualifies for mission we've probably funded over the years but the uh, the big thing about what makes these grants flow to the top is the opportunity for the Synod to learn from your project.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So, what are we learning from these the the projects that have uh, happened? What are some things you you've been in the uh, office of national mission for? What is it? Two years now?
2: Oh, about a year and a half. But I'll, n- it feels like, <laughs> we'll round up. It feels like I can round
1: up pretty easily right now. <laughs> um, so, what have you been learning in that well, time some from of some the of these of the
2: counterintuitive fans? things that I've learned is that the thing that's been holding us back is usually not money. Mm. Hmm. And that's a that's sort of a strange thing in our culture because we think that money is the answer to the problems but generally the thing that's been holding us back in carrying out our mission is first of all fear we don't know how it'll be accepted we don't know what our neighbors will think about it we don't we don't know how to do it and so we're afraid to get started the next thing that that i think i've learned that's counterintuitive is that the more that the more that you try to make this a top down project the less chance it has to survive mm-hmm. it's got to be it's got to be something that bubbles up from the ground from the from the work of the holy spirit among a people in a location where they see the need of their neighbors they see the mission opportunity that's there before them and they say this is something we can do this is something that the that the spirit has put us here for and so many times, congregations look at what they can't do instead of what's unique about where they've been put, what's unique about what they've been given. So instead of saying, well, we can't do this like our big neighbor down the street does, or we can't do this like the Baptist church does, or we can't do this like whatever, mm-hmm. say, what has the Lord given us and why did He give us those gifts? Those are important. And honestly, the lord has a great economy where he's distributed gifts variously across not only across the country but across the world and across the ages so that those gifts have a chance to work in coordination and can really look like a church where everybody is doing something different using paul's metaphor of the body that he talks about in first corinthians twelve and romans twelve it's almost like
1: uh... we've been focusing on what god hasn't given us since the garden of eden (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we always it, go
2: back there don't we <laughs> isn't,
1: isn't it true though it's it's so easy for us to fall into that trap of focusing on well we can't do this and we can't do that and that's exactly how it all uh, how, how we got messed up in the first place <laughs> was focusing on what god didn't give us rather than focusing what on what he did give us and uh you know the the communities in which he's placed us and the, the neighbors he's given us are, are great ways he's given us to serve. Um, and, you know, things like these grants are, are I, I think, just you know, nice, um, a, a, a nice foundation or a nice encouragement to help us take the, to kind of push us over that that threshold to really take that next step and and do what we can to serve in our communities with the good news of Jesus.
2: I think that's very well said. Where These are intended to be inspiration. They're not supposed to be the Synod telling you, go do this program. These are supposed to be inspiration, giving you the beans to get started, giving you whatever help and support you need in getting started, but all mission is local.
0: What are the first steps? What are the steps to apply if a church has uh, something that they want to do to reach out into their community to serve their neighbors? How would a congregation get
2: started with this? Well, technically, the first step is to have a meeting with your pastor.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) is a good first step. Make sure that the pastor is on board with
2: it. And talk about what you really want to accomplish. Get get focused on it. Then go to lcms.org and look for the grants link. It's domestic-grants, but you don't have to remember that. Just go to lcms.org and search grants, and you'll see a grant application there. It's fairly short. It's all online. You submit it, and you hear back from us probably within a month.
0: Are there um, ideas or or ways that a church could, maybe if they're interested or or want to be involved but don't quite know uh, um, what they would like to do, is there a way that they can maybe brainstorm with some people?
2: I think that's a really good idea to do locally, and they can always call us up. We have a lot of subject matter experts who would be happy to talk about different areas that churches have worked in and some of the lessons that we've learned over the years about what makes a good mission project and what hasn't and some of the mistakes that other folks have made. Fantastic. So
0: LCMS.org is the place to go for information on these grants. Perfect. All right. Uh, Pastor Bob Zagor joining us in studio today to talk about the uh, grants available from uh, the LCMS and uh, with the Making Disciples for Life initiative. Thanks so much for joining me and Andy in studio today.
2: Thank you. And God bless. Stay out of the sleep.
0: Absolutely. You're <laughs> listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth.
2: I'm Andy Bates. <laughs>